You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the miswak of time. Beautiful teeth. You know, when he smiled, they could see the, the sparkling white teeth of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And everything about him was perfection. You know, his physiology, his spirituality, his leadership, and everything came to the fore. So Alhamdulillah, the House of Islam, I think it's the only deen on earth that talks so you know, deeply about oral hygiene, talks about how clean you must be. I think he's the only prophet on earth. You know, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Khatim al-Nabi, in telling the whole world that, you know, if you have bad breath, don't go and spoil someone's salah and so forth and so forth. But this evening, Alhamdulillah, our favorite uh, dentist, and uh, he's in the beautiful place called Overport. Yeah, it's over the P-O-R-T, not over the pot. But he's in a beautiful place called Atrium, very relaxed, ample parking. And, you know, when you meet him, cool, calm and collected. He has a sunnah, beard, all that. He's, he's a compliant. I don't want to say much, but he's Dr. Shabir Hassan is Sharia compliant people. Let me welcome you and Dr. Shabir Hassan with a heart. Assalamu alaikum. How are you doing this fine? Beautiful evening. Alhamdulillah, I'm well. Uh, with the grace and kudrat of Allah Ta'ala, uh, everything is going Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, very well. Uh, have you got a mouthpiece or no? I don't know. I could just hear some ruffling. But I don't, you don't need papers because you're just an encyclopedia. So uh, maybe just get rid of that shh sound. You got rid of it. Yeah, it's no more there. I don't know what you're shaking there, but uh, I thought you were cleaning someone's tooth. You know when you make that sound? <laughs> Okay, mashallah. Now, Doc, as I said, you know, um, on the show, uh, we do have a file exclusively for the dentist, and it's under Dr. Shabir Hassan. So, alhamdulillah, the questions that I'll be asking you will be from the files. And as you know, we have a very astute listenership, a very informed listenership. And alhamdulillah, I believe uh, that our Marcus Sahaba are growing in uh, listenership and numbers are growing all the time, alhamdulillah. Throughout the countries, our sales of decoders actually, you know, gives us an indication. So each decoder we sell, we multiply that times five listenership. So if you're selling ten thousand uh, decoders, that becomes yeah. I mean, I don't. You don't need the calculation. You got laser. You got laser technology that does everything for you. So okay, you can play with your joystick there, doc. Okay. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, alhamdulillah. Perhaps. Uh, Yes, so, you know, any updates in the world of um, dentistry? Any new uh, new technology has come through uh, since the last time we spoke? Uh, since the last time, you know, there's, uh, there is always new technology, but, uh, you know, what is practical and what is being applied and, you know, these things take time. But, uh, you know, there's a, there's been a general move towards... Uh, 3D technology and 3D scanning rather than the old uh, or rather than the normal impression taking. And even now with uh, making false teeth, uh, there is uh, ways in which the false teeth can be 3D printed uh, after the dentist takes a scan. But, you know, it's still a lot of things have to be, uh, you know, in place. It's still not yet a foolproof technique, but inshallah, we are slowly moving in that direction. Absolutely brilliant. 3D all the way, people. Yeah, they can see inside, outside, left side, 
Mm. East, West, North, South, yeah, South, you know, it's fascinating from where to where we have evolved, uh, Doc. And uh, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, generations change, but there's one message that always stays the same, and that is the noble Quran. La ilaha illallah. You know, we have to evolve, but the Quran is so ultimate that we have to evolve around the Quran. So when you talk about science, you talk about technology, it's all there. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam going, uh, you know, to meet Allah subhanahu wa taala in that night journey, and science is proving uh, that it really took place. They're talking about the black hole, when you get in there within split second, you can be on the other side and you can come back. How fascinating the world is! And you know, doc, when you look at, uh, when you tell a patient, open your mouth, right? If they don't open their mouth, then you can't do your job. How many times did you find a stubborn patient that said, please open your mouth, and they don't open their mouth? What do you do then, Doc? Well, usually, you know, you'll get that odd uh, child who won't want to open their mouth. Uh, but uh, in adults, you know, they, they always open their mouth. But, you know, sometimes you get children who are scared and highly anxious, and they they already know that you know uh, they most probably going to get an injection or a extraction, so you know they already so so they close up immediately. So it takes some talking and uh, and convincing them, uh, but it's just you know you got to just got to take your time and convince them. And uh, Alhamdulillah, it works. You know what doesn't work is uh, trying to uh, hide what you're going to do. You have to be straight and open and tell them, yes, you are going to get an injection, but it's not going to pain. And instead of trying to hide the injection and forcing them, that that doesn't work. Yes, uh, Doc. I'm also thinking about uh, you know generally when you go to the dentist and uh, the tooth, uh, hey, I got the toothache, and then the dentist comes into the foyer or you know the sitting room there and injects everyone. And you know at that moment, as soon as uh, you know, uh, yeah, when he comes and he gives everyone, and everyone feels that numbness, and you know you notice hey, one side is moving, one side not moving. You know, what goes through your mind, you know, you know, you're giving that anesthesia or you're numbing the patient's gum or jaws. And uh, has there been any instance where the person, you know, something went wrong and you want you uh, doing an extraction and they start screaming, doc? Uh, a lot of times when we are giving local anesthetic, uh, we sometimes, uh, especially when we're giving local anesthetic for the lower jaw, the anesthetic inadvertently gets into the blood vessel. And because the anesthetic has adrenaline in it inside it, it you know it makes the patient's heart start to beat faster and they start to get immediately anxious. Um, but you know with time, you know most dentists have become accustomed to this. so they they recognize it immediately. and as soon as they they see the person looking uh, looking a bit strange, then just a general reassurance uh, helps the patient uh, go through that little five or ten minutes uh, of their heart beating faster and, and, and the adrenaline taking, going through their system. Uh, but generally, uh, you know, we don't really, uh, you know, once uh, we only start an extraction once there's a full anesthesia. So we wouldn't find in the middle of the procedure the patient starts to feel crazy amount of pain because we would make sure before we start that they they are fully anesthetized in that area. 
So give you full marks there. You know, you're an old hand in this. And uh, the, the, the telltale signs are there, you know, with me on radio, like when I talk to a guest and <clears throat> I can feel your tenseness, I can feel whether you're comfortable and so forth. And um, I'll, I'll share a story with you. You know, I don't know if you remember the uh, late Dr. Harun Kadwa. He was a, uh, a heart surgeon, oh, you know. And uh, one day he came on air. This was about, you know, I think, in 2003 or four on the platforms of a CI radio. And once I was doing the medical show, and I told him, doctor, we have about two minutes to go on air, and I want you to hold the spin. I want to see how steady you are. Guess what happened, uh, Shabir? He was shaking. He was shaking like a leaf. And I said, but, but you know what? You're a thoracic surgeon. I mean, you're cutting people open. You know what he, he told me? He said, you know, Shafat, it's more harder for me to be behind the mic than to stand in a theater. And then I realized, hey, these people that are, you know, behind the mic, they must be something special. You know, they don't need anesthetic. They don't need uh, anything else. But they can do the thing. And uh, maybe you and I can discuss that after this broadcast. Maybe, you know, hey, where you get so much of confidence from. But maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us that. Amina, Amina's question here says, Amina says, uh, posing, uh, I mean, losing. I, I think about posing about the doctor now. Allah grant him gentle fear those forgot a very important thing. All that made the parda may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them gentle fear those. I mean, Suma, I mean. Amina says, uh, losing the fresh white look of the teeth can be disheartening. How do uh, how do we ensure that this teeth stays white and strong all the time? That is a very good question. You know, when you lose your whiteness and the sharpness of your teeth, you know, everyone says, hey, you, doc, wow, mashallah, you got such lovely white teeth. Did you get it from your father or your mother, doc? But uh, let's answer Amina there, doc. Um, so as we get older, you know, it, it's just a natural process that our teeth progressively get yellower. And it's it's for a variety of different reasons. Sometimes uh, there's uh, additional, well, what we would say, dentine formation in, in the deeper layers of our teeth. And sometimes it's, it's on the surface that, you know, as we brush very hard or we are uh, having uh, smoking or foodstuffs, uh, which, uh, not foodstuffs, but um, tobacco and betel nut, which stain the teeth or cause recession of the gums, then teeth get progressively yellower. That's just, sometimes it's just part of aging that it does happen. Uh, to maintain white teeth, very white teeth throughout your life naturally, I don't think is uh, is possible. Uh, it's, you know, if we all get older, you know, you can't look younger forever. You, as you will look older, you will get yellower teeth as you get older. That, that's normal. Yeah, I like that yeah, uh, I like answer. That. And, you know, uh, some people, uh, you know, age very gracefully, Doc. And, yeah. uh, you know, in the grace, uh, I, I mean, I think Islam gives you that with your salah and so forth, uh, you know, in your fi- refined disposition, like yourself, you know, always cool, calm, collected, not worried about this person or minding that person's business. You know, it shows in your physiology. And also you find some people that when they're nervous, they start biting on their uh, lips and they some, you know, clench the teeth together. Uh, can you make that out? You know, the person has, uh, is that some disorder? You know, keep on biting on the gum or the teeth on the lips, uh, Doc? 
Uh, or sometimes you get, you know, these, these habits. People have these this habits of, you know, uh, biting their lip or uh, biting their nails or whatever. But one of the more common things is uh, subconscious clenching and grinding. So that is the one that's most problematic. Um, you know, the habitual lip biting and cheek biting is not really, because what happens is eventually you can't bite it too much uh, or you can't bite it because it starts to hurt. So it's, it's self-limiting. Uh, whereas with the clenching and grinding, uh, a lot of people are doing it subconsciously in their sleep. And this becomes the problem because uh, it starts to wear down their teeth. It starts to overdevelop the, the masseter muscles on the side, put strain on, on the TM joint. And it's quite often that, you know, we get patients coming in with pain in the jaw. It's, you know, they, know, they don't know where they're getting the pain from, but it's, it's, it's a pain in the jaw. And, it's, it's most, and it's most of the time it's a muscle spasm. And, you know, we see this quite commonly in general practice during times of, uh, you know, when generally people are going through a lot of strain, especially in lockdown one. After lockdown one, uh, a lot of people came in with, you know, TMJ pain. They were very stressed out about the COVID and the lockdown. Uh, and, you know, this, this is quite a common thing that happens. Now, Doctor, you know, I'm thinking aloud, whenever you talk to me, my brains, you know, you, you get it working in different uh, angles too. I'm thinking about as people age, uh, you know, they start preferring using maybe the uh, molars or the premolars more than the incisors or the canine teeth. Uh, you know, take us through that, you know, as you age, a certain uh, uh, teeth becomes like obsolete. You don't use it, but you're subconsciously, you say, I'm getting old, that is a bit loose there. So I'll chew from this end or that end. Uh, how do you work out uh, that conundrum, Doc? So what, what happens is, say, if you put a sandwich into, into your mouth and you, you start chewing the sandwich, you don't think, well, I'm going to chew the sandwich on the right-hand side three times and on my left-hand side two times, and then I'm going to bring it to the front, and then I'm going to roll it in my tongue and make a bolus uh, to which I can swallow. Uh, it happens as subconsciously. So subconsciously, your brain learns where the most effective areas for you to chew. And as you lose teeth, or you, uh, it, you know, it keeps on reprogramming itself. So quite commonly, uh, you know, when we do uh, a new set of teeth for patients, we we tell them that you know, there's a new set of teeth. When you're going to go to eat on the first few days, you're going to find it difficult until your brain programs where you where you can chew. And I commonly uh, advise patients, because we, a lot of times we get patients, they have a set of dentures, and they want to make a spare set of dentures. And they say, well, you can, you can only have one set of dentures because your brain can only be programmed for one set of teeth. It can't be programmed for two sets of So you can't wear this teeth today and wear that one tomorrow uh, because, it, it, you know, your brain's only got one program to run. You know, it's not going to know which set of teeth you got, a, you got in. So you'll only have one set of teeth. You can't make a spare set until, until that one set is obsolete and then you make another set. So the point is that it's a subconscious programming uh, of the most effective places to chew.
very you know that's an amazing amazing thought and also i believe when you get a toothache and sometimes they say it's because your 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 earache and it has a effect with the tooth uh, is there a dimension like that you know your ear pains and suddenly you get a toothache or you have a toothache or you get a earache uh, is there any similarities between your tooth and your ear when there's a pain factor doc Yeah so sometimes when you have pain you know right at the back of your mouth uh, towards your TMJ which is situated just in front of where the ear is so the TMJ pain can feel like a earache and a earache can feel like a TMJ and a jaw pain uh sometimes if you get a uh, pain in your posterior teeth the pain radiates towards the ear so you know it's it's and it's sometimes difficult to localize the pain so it can be confusing on whether uh it's a earache or a toothache so a lot of times uh you know we get patients who said oh i went to the ent and he said come to the dentist and a lot of times you know we the patient came to the dentist that we said no it looks like it's not in the mouth it's in the ear and we sent them off to the ent so that can be uh, a common confusion <laughs> well uh, doc i have half a bar you know my ma is my ma my late mama was a maimon so I, i'm a half a bar so you know I want to ask you this question before I get into the real question. What is your favorite colored acne? You know, the bars make the best maimon acne. What's your favorite color? You tell me. I thought it only comes in one color. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, you get it in green, you get it in red, I mean, yeah. and you get it in yellow. So which is your favorite color? I know which one, uh, tell me now. Yellow. It's yeah, yellow. And you know this question I we discussed this question before and Abu says assalamu alaikum brother shafaz when the dentist come please ask him what causes yellowing of the tooth i remember last time we were talking about this but we uh, had it in the context of uh, those in the uk of being a caucasian generally they have a yellow tooth uh, how would you answer abu what causes it uh, doc so it's a little bit uh, of a uh, it's it's a you know it's a little complicated for a general public to to get into the great detail of what uh, what causes the yellowing of the tooth but to keep it simple the tooth is made up of different layers uh the outer layer is enamel the inner layer is dentine <clears throat> now the color of the tooth actually comes from the inner dentine layer so as the outer enamel wears down and the inner dentine becomes more visible as we get older then the tooth looks more yellower right uh and also in response uh to age and to different factors there is some new dentine formation throughout our life uh on the inside of our tooth this new dentine can be yellower in color and this causes the tooth to look much more uh, yellower now this is the natural yellowness in the tooth uh, not the uh, what we call uh, the extrinsic staining of the tooth the extrinsic staining can occur from various different substances uh, like tea coffee uh, smoking now these are heavy stain molecules which absorb onto the surface of the tooth and give us a stain on on the the, the food colorant so if you have a green acne or yellow acne and 
the turmeric or, or that is not a heavy stain which which forms on this which 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 uh, forms on the surface of the teeth. It is a stain which uh, yellows the plaque on your teeth. So if you ate <laughs> green acne and your teeth look green, it's not your teeth became green, you didn't brush your teeth, you got plaque on your teeth and you stained the plaque green, so you should clean that out. <laughs> you got that, people? Yeah, yeah, you got green, or you had a lollipop, a red lollipop, <laughs> my yeah. teeth gone red, the doc is bleeding. No, you had a red lollipop, so make sure you brush prop properly and you floss and so forth. Uh, Maksu says, Assalamu alaikum. I know doctor uh, that uh, smoking is makru in Islam, but I am sad to say, uh, I'm sad to say uh, my teeth has gone somewhat blackish because I'm uh, prone to this bad habit. Can the dentist sort it out? Uh, you know, I notice these guys, hey, you know me, I smoke four packets a day or three packets a day. And when he smiles at you, you can see those nicotine all stuck in between his uh, teeth, uh, doc. Yes, so the, those are extrinsic stains. They can be cleaned out uh, with a normal cleaning by the uh, by an oral hygienist or a dentist. So uh, you just have to come by you, and you'll, you'll take it out. How long? Thirty minutes or twenty-five minutes? Well, it depends on the amount of staining. It can be sometimes thirty minutes, or you know, can yeah, it can be hour. It can be an hour. <laughs> Yeah, you don't tell me what you use. Not you're not using Andy Andy or bleach or something to take it out. No, no. It's uh, <laughs> so. What we use is uh, we have an ultrasonic scaler, which uh, which vibrates the stain off the tooth. Okay, and it just easily it comes out, and it can. And how often? You know, sometimes the smokers they have this bad habit; they don't stop. They start so it'll reappear over and over. So you'll have to come every time to remove the stain, and every time you're removing it, does the, it makes the tooth or the teeth, uh, or teeth weaker and weaker every time you're cleaning it, Doc? So, so there is some, you know, every time you clean it, there is some uh, mild form of demineralization that does occur. Uh, however, you normally notice at the end, the dentist puts a polish, and, and this has... Uh, chemicals to remineralize the tooth. So the tooth will remineralize in it. So it's not a damage which is permanent. It's a transient damage which, which it automatically comes right on its own. But obviously you wouldn't be scaling those teeth on a daily basis. You know, this is three months or six monthly. It's, it's fine. It's not a problem at all. Yeah, I'm thinking also, you know, when uh, you're busy on the job and when you're cleaning out uh, you, that water or you and you have a suction there, it's very important for you to have the suction because uh, of a, a person automatically when any utensil is put into the mouth, you start salivating uh, vigorously. So you have to have the yes. suction taking out the uh, sputum, doc. Yes, and also at the same time, the the, the ultrasonic scaler heats up. So it needs to be cooled by water. So we are sp constantly spraying water into the patient's mouth, and that has to be sucked out. What's uh, just going back a little bit? Um, a common misconception has been that what happens is uh, the scaling is to remove uh, not stains mainly. Stains are just extrinsic. Uh, what we aim mainly to do is to remove calculus. Uh, uh, now, calculus is a hard buildup 
of excessive calcium uh, in the spaces between our teeth and underneath our gum line. Now, the problem with this calculus is that it's very porous in nature, and bacteria get into the calculus and remain uh, hidden now away from you know our irregular brushing and cleaning. So they this hard deposit needs to be cleaned out by the dentist on a regular basis because this calculus irritates the gum, causes inflammation of the gum, and that inflammation results in the bone receding around our teeth. So what we normally call uh, gum disease. A lot of people have gum disease, they have a lot of calculus buildup, and eventually, you know, uh, the common type of gum disease ends up when they're around the age of 60 mm -hmm. that their teeth start to get loose and fall out. And they say, well, why did my teeth, you know, it didn't even get rotten, it just fell out. But this is the result of, of, of gum disease. So the main aim of the dentist is not so much the when they, we do the cleaning, we're not really looking at the stains. The stains are, are just uh, aesthetic. Uh, what we're looking at mainly is the removal of this calculus. Very important. Now, this calculus, <laughs> go, go, go ahead, doctor. I mean, that's a very important point that you're making. Now, this calculus, when it's in your gum and it's in between your teeth, it's causing inflammation. Remember that this inflammation in your gum is there 24 hours, 24-7, and it's there for months, and it's there for years. Now, this inflammation uh, and these inflammatory products get into your bloodstream, and they then have uh, effects on other parts of your body. So it has effect on your cardiovascular system, uh, on, on your brain, and, and the thing. So it's been... Uh, this gum disease has been a contributing factor to both cardiac disease, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, and a lot of other conditions. Because, not because it's something that's there for a day or two, it's something we walk around with in our mouths for years before we get any kind of treatment from the dentist. And by the time we reach the dentist to have it treated, uh, you know, it's already in an advanced state. So, you know, the regular visit to the dentist, even though you're not having pain, uh, the, your dentist will be able to tell you, okay, watch out, you've got gum disease, you've got to get it cleaned, and this is how we're going to manage it. It's a chronic condition, very much like diabetes, high blood pressure. It's not something which you can take one treatment and uh, uh, it'll go away. It is something which needs to be managed over many years. Alhamdulillah, you know, absolutely a fascinating <clears throat> conversation with Mark, Doc, and really enjoying that. And, uh, you know, we, our elders had this habit of, uh, you know, taking, uh, taking elachi pods, crushing it in the in the teeth or, you know, what you call that, the cloves and so forth. You know, uh, they, they did it more for fresh breath and uh, they were very uh, conscious of that. But these things were also antibiotics if you looked at the clove. And they made a difference. And sometimes, you know, some people have a severe toothache and you'll find the elders saying, you know what, Shabir, take one clove and put it there. It'll come right. Uh, your thoughts on that? So the, the, uh, uh, the clove, uh, the oil of the clove, has been shown to be uh, calming to an inflamed nerve. So if a patient has a nerve which, which is inflamed and if you take the clove oil, uh, and you and we place it on that inflamed nerve, 
uh, it calms the nerve down. So that's the benefit of the clove oil, uh, which has come through. But, you know, we also use clove oil in uh, dental practice that some of our fillings are made out of clove oil, especially when we're looking at teeth, which are which need a little bit of calming down. We use clove oil in some of the filling materials. So definitely a role of clove oil. Uh, it's, it's quite good. Uh, the only thing is that uh, when a patient gets a toothache and now starts to apply the cold clove oil around the tooth, yes, it calms the tooth down, but at the same time, it burns the gum around it. So mm. Mm. And now you explained something. Yeah, I had that problem many, many years ago. Doc, absolutely brilliant talking to you. And as I told you, he's there from Atrium. And when you meet him, you'll always see him cool, calm, collected, a lovely disposition, Sunnah compliant beard. And the mannerism, you know, you can hear him talk, people. This is how, you know, we should be talking. Low, cool tone, makes you feel relaxed. I, you know, imagine how Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam spoke to people of, you know, of any faith. He was very cool, calm, and collected. And Doc, I really feel uh, very calmed by your presence in the, uh, you know, having you on the platform, the Malka Sahaba, the voice of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Looking at a question that has come through from Alia, and she says, I'm on medication. I brush regularly and gargle, but still find my gums bleed often. Why is this so? Only thing, Alia, I didn't give us an age, but uh, how would you answer her, doctor? Uh, and <clears throat> So as I mentioned before, you know the uh, the calculus around the gums and the, and the teeth. Now, one of the one of the signs of calculus buildup is uh, inflamed gums. So your gums get inflamed and uh, they bleed very easily. Uh, and this is you know this is a this is the most important. A sign of what we call gingivitis, and gingivitis is part of gum disease. So definitely, Alia should get it checked first by her dentist, see if she's not got underlying gum disease, which needs treatment, and that would be the first step. There are other causes for gingivitis. Uh, sometimes you can get a mild gingivitis from not flossing properly or poor hygiene. Uh, sometimes women who are pregnant uh, get uh, are more prone to to bleeding gums, etc. But you know, I would definitely advise her to visit her dentist and get it checked out. Yes, I can tell you, people. Yes, uh, if you're hearing that sound, is doctor's chair. He's sitting on a dentist <laughs> chair and it's making that sound. So don't get ideas. It's coming from a rumbling tummy. It's not that. It is needs to buy a new one, people. You can hear him. Yeah, you can shake it one more time, Doc. Uh, Shokat says, uh, <laughs> can that yellow tooth be in the genes? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. We're talking about yellow teeth, yellow tooth. Can that be in the genes? Eh? They say that family only got yellow teeth, uh, Doc. Yes, you know, you, you can have, you know, uh, genetically maybe, but it's not a common thing. You, know, you won't find somebody with the... Uh, all their family having all yellow teeth. It's not something I've noticed or, or come across specifically that uh, you know that people have yellow teeth in in their in their family. Um, you do you do find sometimes that uh, people 
in a, a living in a specific area might get uh, fluorosis or brown staining of the teeth. But you know, uh, that yellow teeth in the family is not really a thing, actually. Well, I tell you, you're making doctor love the. Yeah, Shoketh, you really got us smiling here. Uh, this question says, how often do people succumb to hyperdontia? And can doctor enlighten us? I don't know the term. Is it hyperdontia? What is hyperdontia, doc? Teach me a lesson this evening. Hyperdontia. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, dontia, okay. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think hyperdontia is, uh, you know, many teeth, more than the normal amount of teeth. We do find, you know, that uh, on occasion, people do get a lot of extra teeth, what we call supernumerary teeth. So we'll find that they have an extra tooth, sometimes right in the front and sometimes uh, on the on the back molars and, uh, and that. Uh, if I am right, I know I, I'm not too sure what really. It's not a very common thing, uh, but the supernumerary teeth is something you know they have extra teeth growing out uh, and that, and then we we sometimes remove them, sometimes keep them in place, depending. But uh, not a very common thing, and not something people should worry about too much. Yeah, I think you're talking about the sharks. They got all over here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> Something like that, Doc. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, as a as an uncommon thing, I'm not really a hundred percent sure. I would have to write it. Uh, very good uh, question there. Hyperdontia. Hey, different yeah. levels. Hey, 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 Doc. What is you know? It's so uh, uncomfortable. It must be if it comes through. And uh, anyway, we let it go, uh, you know, unless save us from that. Uh, the, the Actually, you know, I, 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 I remember somebody giving me a story once. I don't know how true it is, but he said, you know, this one Buzruk, he had uh, lost all his teeth. And uh, in his old age, he had grew a new set of teeth. I don't know how true that was, I, but you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a story of a buzruk, you know, uh, with Allah Taala's uh, uh, yes, Allah Taala's power, anything is possible, you know, <laughs> for for absolutely for these awliya uh, of Allah. And you look at Ibrahim alayhi salam at such an old age, he had a son. Yes, yes. Uh, 90 odd, alhamdulillah. Yes, uh, Doc, uh, looking at this uh, question here, it says, uh, hey, which one we choose? That one there, Doc, yeah. There is this old wife, hey, you brought a story up, there's a story here. It says, there is this old wife's tale that baby is born with teeth. Uh, we're lucky. Other cultures say the opposite. Do people share these stories with each other? I'm sure you heard that. Hey, that baby is born to, with the teeth. Hey, that's a lucky baby. And there's a no, it's not a lucky baby. How often do people come and give you these stories, uh, Doc? You know, you hear these stories uh, on on occasion, but it's not. You know, it's not anything we pay too much attention to. You know. Uh, no, let's let's look at it medically. A child, I mean, a child that it has to suckle, right? And yes. the child is born with it. Uh, it. Does that cause any discomfort to mom? Uh, 
Well, the thing is that, you know, the, the child normally suckles till the age of sometimes uh, over the age of one, I think two and up to, I think up to the age of three sometimes. I'm not too sure on that. But, you know, they get their first teeth at six months old. So uh, they learn to, to suckle with their teeth. And, you know, if they bite mom once in a while, then that's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think they get used to to suckling, you know, without with teeth mm. or without. It's it's fine. Yeah, I think yeah, two and a half years is a maximum that they uh, can suckle. And, and, and the the typical age that is six months when they get their first teeth. So a lot of the, the, there's a lot of kids with teeth suckling, so that should be uh, fine. Actually, you know, uh, coming to the point of the suckling babies. So recently, we've been getting a lot of referrals from uh, lactation specialists uh, sending the little kids to us to remove their tongue and lip ties. So uh, using the laser therapy, we are able to, uh, for the newborn babies, you know, if they're born with a, a tongue and a lip tie, they sometimes have difficulty uh, uh, feeding, uh, breastfeeding, so they can't form a proper grip or latch on uh, when when they breastfeeding. So these kids are finding difficulty. They're drawing in a lot of air, which may be giving them colic, uh, whatever. So when the parents consult with the lactation consultant, she picks up that she, oh no, this child's got a tongue and lip tie. Uh, but because at you know, in in the overboard city practice, we have the uh, we have the laser, uh, which is able to do it quite quickly. Then these babies come to us at a young age, and uh, you know, when they're a few days old, sometimes then, mm. uh, mm. we're able to 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 remove that tongue and lip tie within a in a short 15-20 minute procedure. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Jazakallah for sharing that with us. And even uh, yeah. talking about circumcision, uh, you know, it was a tedious task before. Uh, I wonder now, who used to do the circumcision? The barbers, they used to do the circumcision. You remember, I think when <laughs> we, we were in IT, yeah, the barber that came and did, and then suddenly the doctors, the GPs came in. Uh, presently, uh, is it is done, done uh, circumcision done by laser too? Uh, no, not that I know of. Not that I know of. I, I've seen some done overseas with a laser, but locally I don't think anybody's doing it with a uh, with a laser. Okay. Maybe we're giving some people ideas here. Yeah, doc. Yes, it is possible to do it with the with the laser, but you know. Yeah. Uh, no, but you're giving some ideas, so. Uh, Ten percent, twenty percent. We'll we'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> I'm just pulling your leg, Doc. Uh, Asif says, uh, "Assalamu alaikum." At what age do teeth go off alignment? That's a very good question. Do they go off alignment? You know, sometimes you go lovely, straight, lovely teeth. At what age do they go off alignment, Doc? Uh, they go off alignment from the time of birth, actually. So, uh, so I'm going to go back again now. You know, you know the the problem with uh, with the babies not breastfeeding properly or not latching on properly is that, you know, the way Allah Ta'ala has created it, that when the baby feeds uh, off the mom, the the shape of the breast shapes the palate of the baby. Now, in the middle of the palate uh, runs 
the nasal spine, which runs up our nose uh, through the center of our nose, they were what they call the nasal spine. So if that palate is not shaped properly or it's, you know, uh, or from a bottle or dummy sucking, the shape has become highly arched, then the nasal spine is also pushed up. And this gives us also deviations in our nasal septum and, 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 and other problems in our sinuses. So, you know, it all starts with the, uh, you know, the breastfeeding shapes the mouth. So uh, the misalignment of teeth, if the jaw is now not in the right shape, the teeth also have difficulty fitting into the right shape. So the misalignment of teeth starts from the time we are born because the jaws are misaligned. So the teeth become, mm. uh, become misaligned. So we, you know, we need to be very cognizant or take, you know, be, be careful, uh, look at the child very carefully. Uh, but, you know, these things can only be picked up by uh, the specialist. I mean, not every uh, uh, family member has the capacity to make out that this is happening to the child or they'll grow up with that uh, impediment at all. Yeah, so, you know, the thing is that uh, with the jaws now, most dentists are quite aware of jaw growth from an early age. So, uh, you know, when you take the child for a checkup, uh, the dentist then looks at also at the jaw shape and says, okay, there needs to be some kind of uh, intervention now because the, the jaw shape is too narrow before, you know, so in the next few years, this child is going to go through puberty and the jaws are, and the jaw bones are going to grow quite rapidly. So if we can now correct the problem uh, at this at this particular time, uh, we can avoid a lot of problems uh, later on in life. Looking at uh, Zane's question, so these he things said, can be manipulated still at a young age and corrected yeah. by a uh, dentist. Dental specialist. Brilliant. Uh, Zane says, uh, "Can we reduce a teeth size? Uh, who would like to? Why would they reduce a teeth size, uh, Doc?" Some people, you know, they have uh, they have a very uh, a gummy smile. You know, the upper jaw sits more forward, and then what's happened is uh, they've inherited mom's uh, small jaws and dad's big teeth. So when they smile, <laughs> they, it looks it 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 doesn't look uh, aesthetically pleasing, or they're not happy with the way the way it looks. You know this two big teeth on a small face. So they want to then change that uh, appearance and, and improve the, the uh, appearance. You know, unfortunately, uh, you know, especially today in the younger, when we're younger, uh, there's a lot of emphasis these days on aesthetics uh, and uh, people tell you openly, you know, why don't you get your teeth fixed? So, you know, uh, there's a lot of pressure on young people yeah. to have a, a better aesthetic appearance. Yeah, some people with the no refined disposition they say, hey, you know what, Brew, you need a nose job. And they say, hey, yeah. this guy, you know, I mean, uh, it just shows uh, the level of your thinking and uh, the type of education you have. Halima says, uh, how often does eruption cyst affect uh, people and why is this so? Well, Halima, I will learn this from the doc. What's the eruption cyst, uh, doc? So eruption cyst occurs over a uh, erupting tooth. So what happens is, as the tooth is pushing through, uh, there's a cyst 
or a little bag that forms on, on, on the top. You know, it's not a very important thing. It doesn't happen that often. Off the top of my head, I can't give Halima the exact prevalence. <laughs> I would need to Google it like everybody else <laughs> uh, of what the prevalence of eruptions are. Uh, I, I don't know uh, why would that be important to Halima unless she was examining me for a um, uh, for a specialist exam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, perhaps. Question, you know, that's that's as I said. If if I was studying for a special ex- exam, and uh, I would I would then need to know that facts. But on a layman's basis, I would I would wonder why Halima would ask such a question. Hmm. You know, people talk so much about oh, I've got a cyst in my eye. I got a cyst here. So yeah, eruption no, cyst. You know, I no, think uh, is purely an academic uh, yeah. discussion, and you know, it wouldn't even cross a layman's uh, path. Okay, yeah, but I know about, hey, I got a cyst in my eye, doc. You know, yeah. oh, yeah, you got some impurity. Uh, I would have thought that way. But anyway, the doc says, hey, he's, he's yeah, no, but, his, you know, you, but as a layman, you yeah, I got a cyst in my eye. But yeah. you won't say, you won't say, you, you wouldn't say, Eruption. oh, I got a, a keratogenic cyst in my eye. If you say something <laughs> like that, now you would know that you have some medical background. Uh, and then you are asking now a, a medical question at the academic level and not okay. something from a layman's perspective. That's why it's important when you do a doctor's show, you do a medical file, you must have a layman talking to the doctor because the doctor talks to a doctor, you hit your jargon, the poor man in the layman, the listener doesn't know what's going on. He said, hey, mashallah, nice show, but at the end of the show, they didn't understand what was going on. That's why yeah. you got a layman talking to your doctor. A layman. <laughs> uh, this question from Anonymous says, I have extra pointy canines and people call me vampire or Dracula. Can this <laughs> can this be corrected by the dentist? Now, you don't tell me this guy is putting you under the examination too, Doc. Well, <laughs> no, this again, you know, it's a simple thing to to just reshape the canines if they if they look too pointy and uh, the patient's concerned with it. So, you know, that's that's really not no, no, nothing too much to worry about. <laughs> okay, you heard that. Uh, for Doctor Shabir Hassan, it's simple, people. Put that laser; he can do anything. You just come and say, "I'll laser it for you." I'll put it right. Uh, look, you know, perhaps you're talking about canines and uh, vampire and Dracula and things like that. Uh, you know, buck teeth. Some people have this buck teeth. And uh, is it true that sometimes buck teeth runs in the family? Sometimes hey, that family got like a buck teeth problem. <laughs> Your thoughts, are Doc? Uh, yes, yes. You know, the tooth, tooth shape and size can be inherited. So definitely, uh, you would find uh, some family members have the similar kind of uh, look of the of the front teeth being quite large, and and also the jaw the jaw shape and jaw position. I mean, we we look similar to family members because you know they our jaws are similar in in, in our shapes and, and and that which we inherit from our parents or our grandparents, etc. So you know they say you look like your mom. But what makes you what makes you look like your mom? You know, have you do you, uh, does your mom's jaw shape and your jaw shape are similar? That's what you know. Your jaw, your your skeleton and your jaw is your framework, and and 
practices passed on from generation to generation. Mm. You know, generally, uh, you look at your fingers and say, hey, I have fingers just like my dad. Well, they say he, she's got toes like a father and fingers like a mother. But uh, you look at your seats. I mean, uh, you know, that is important. They say, but hey, you got a perfect set of seats. You know, where did you get? Oh, you got it from your mother or your father. Do we inherit that? Is that hereditary to, to have a perhaps a lovely set of uh, dentures? You know, there is, you know, sometimes we do see. Uh, you know, uh, people who are more prone to, to decay. And these factors run in some families. Sometimes you find that the mother, father, all that. You know, there's so many different variety of factors, whether it's eating habits or whether it's hereditary. Uh, you know, it, it all comes together. So can't always pinpoint it. Uh, point it down that you know you if your mother's got good teeth you're going to have good teeth and it 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 can work mm. either way. Yeah, because I know when it comes to hair, some families say, hey, you know, in our family it runs in the blood. Hey, we don't have baldies. And another person will tell you, yeah, but you know, chef, in my family everyone's a hair recedes and they have receding hairlines. But you, Glock, you got a powerful lot of hair, mashallah. What's it? Is are you using a special oil like amla oil or something that's keeping it going there, Doc? Well, on my head or my beard? <laughs> both, both, both. Both is mashallah. You got, you got full hair in your head and your beard, and mashallah. Yeah, sunnah oiling. Yeah, you do that. Beautiful, beautiful people. <laughs> I tell you, Doc's got it. He's a sunnah compliant. How important is it to oil the hair? I mean, you know, I'm asking you a dermatologist's question. But, uh, you know, you maybe you've got a lot of those dermatologists around you, like Rabu B, Noful Rabu B, just down the street there. Mm. How often do you all talk to each other, Doc? Uh, with the dermatologists, I, I don't have much dealings with them, <laughs> unfortunately. You know? <laughs> I guess we're all busy with our own, uh, with our own going on, you know. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. No, I like your straightforward answer. And if you want to check it out, you Google it, you say. Just yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell 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 you a lot there. Alhamdulillah. We're not talking in encyclopedias sometimes. You know, we can't know everything. And yeah, we also Absolutely. we also have to Google sometimes to 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 know some things. That's that's just everybody does it. You know. Yeah, I know. I got a mechanic friend of mine who you know when the new cars come and look at me and I say, hey, what are you gonna do? He said, hey man, easy chef, easy. I say, what are you gonna do? Like Google this thing, man. I'll get the answer just now. <laughs> you, Shabir, you won't believe it. He fixed the car. He fixes it just by yeah. getting that information, writing notes, and come back a few hours later. Say, hey, what happened? Hey, I fixed it, bro. It's gone already. You know, mm-hmm. people come again. So you know, if you sharp, you can do things. Um, you know, we spoke about uh, reshaping the teeth. And how often do people come and do reshaping? And is it a a, a painful procedure? So we get a lot of patients come in for not reshaping, but for what we call aesthetic smile makeovers, etc. So, and we we employ different methods. You know, sometimes simple reshaping of the teeth, sometimes rebuilding the teeth with crowns, sometimes moving the teeth around with orthodontics and clear liners, etc. And sometimes it's a combination of different things that that have to be done to achieve a, a good smile. 
So, you know, that is part of our everyday work, uh, which, which we do. And people are, people are coming in and doing it all the time. So I hope that answers that question. Well, this is a very interesting question. It says, I'm 40 years old, no wisdom uh, tooth yet. Should I be concerned? Hey, the person is not wise at 40. What happens then, Doc? Well, if you, if you, if you didn't develop the wisdom tooth, you know, the, the lack of wisdom teeth uh, has sometimes been said. A, I wouldn't say it's more evolved than the rest of us with wisdom teeth, the, one, the people without more wisdom, but uh, that is the... <laughs> <laughs> that is the thinking that you know those without wisdom have before ahead of us. So you know, just be, be happy that you 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 better than the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, we just uh, pulling each other's leg there. Uh, Doc, uh, this question: <laughs> Do old people? Oh no, no, it's not old. It's an OCD. Do OCD people overbrush? If so, is this bad for their gums? Yeah, that's a that's yes. a that's a that's a very uh, psychophrantic question, Doc. How do you answer it? Yes, they do tend to overbrush, actually, and uh, I, I think it's a type one personality uh, where they are obsessive compulsive uh, and they need to be in control, and also comes with this a lot of other things, and sometimes it can be overbrushing or brushing too hard. And the problem is that they end up brushing away their gums and the roots of their teeth on the side. But, you know, uh, uh, and it's quite a difficult habit to get them out of. Uh, but, you know, the solution was there uh, is in the sunnah. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had showed us that the sunnah way of holding a brush is with your fingers and not with your fist. And if you do that, then you will prevent a lot of problems. Jazakallah khaira for that, uh, Doc. Uh, let's make this the last question. It says, uh, can tooth decay be reversed by changing diet and uh, healing with herbal medication? Dr. Shabi? Uh, yes. Uh, so we, we get different levels of tooth decay. And early tooth decay can be reversed. Uh, if it's in the enamel layer, it can definitely be reversed. The teeth can be recalcified. Uh, and the way to reverse it is good oral hygiene. So if you're going to try and reverse it with herbal remedies, uh, but still not brush and floss your teeth properly, then you know, you know, you're not going to be successful. Uh, the way to reverse it is to brush regularly and to floss regularly. Uh, and uh, you will, you, you know, if whatever you were doing before, your oral hygiene routine was, say, to, uh, brushing twice a day uh, or sometimes once a day and not flossing, and you were developing tooth decay, then if you're going to continue on the same hygiene routine, it's not going to improve, no matter whatever herbal uh, medications you try to put in there. But if you want to reverse it, you improve your hygiene routine, you start brushing three times, four times a day, and you start flossing about twice a day. Dr. Shabir Hassan, what a beautiful consultation. As I said, I really enjoyed the evening with you. Perhaps your parting words. Uh, my parting words is visit your dentist regularly. Uh, every six months, you need to uh, diagnose early gum disease. 
uh, and hygiene routine, twice brushing twice a day is not good enough. You need to be brushing three or four times a day uh, and definitely flossing once or twice a day. It's it's a bit extreme, uh, but, you know, it's still, when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was brushing his teeth with a miswak all the time. So uh, follow the sunnah uh, and intention. Uh, if you, when you're brushing your teeth, uh, make intention of the sunnah so you also gain sawab from, from that uh, simple act. What a beautiful way of ending up. Uh, Doc, you have a be- beautiful evening ahead. We'll talk to you soon, inshallah, and uh, Allah keep you blessed uh, now and forever. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah shafat for having me. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for the Isha Zan, and inshallah, we will continue after that.